Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 82 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Uh, Michaela, 82 episodes in and we are going back to revisit a franchise that we first kicked off last May when we were doing some blockbuster films. Uh, that film was Jurassic Park and this week we saw the last installment, or at least last for right now, Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, so we uh, decided we would check that out and talk about it. But what have you been up to uh, so far this summer? Uh, we're getting in. We are almost all the way through June now already time is flying by but have you been watching anything good have you been drinking anything good the people want to know i want to know <laughs> yeah it's uh it's been an interesting beginning of summer i've been really uh trying to get into series and get some of those watched because there were so many that caught my interest and i've had some real bad luck um i will say so i started to watch uh this kind of spy-ish thriller supposed to be with Tony Collette. It's called Pieces of Her. It's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. I got about three or four episodes in and just had to turn it off because it was that awful. Tony Collette, you're amazing. It's certainly not you. You're the best part about that show. Rest of it, totally awful. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Couldn't care less at the end. It's, I, I yeah, it was awful. Hmm. Um, I'm, am trying to go through Better Call Saul because I keep hearing that that is amazing. It's done it's gotten critical claim. You yourself have been telling me to watch it for years. Um, now that True, it is yeah. all over, I can just binge it and I'm getting into it and I'm, I'm trying to get into it. I loved Breaking Bad, so um, I can't imagine why I wouldn't love this. So we'll just see. <laughs> but um, I watched this really interesting show um, called Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. And it stars... Okay. The amazing, amazing Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick. It is really interesting. I don't know. It's very adult. It is not for children. Okay. <laughs> Just, it's very, very good. I really liked it. I found it very poignant and beautiful, um, but also very adult. So it, if you uh, can see it. It was it was released at Sundance in January this year. It's a 2022 film. I think it's either on Netflix or Prime, and it is really lovely. Um, Emma Thompson. She is the most amazing actress for a reason. She's just so brilliant, and she's brilliant in this. So you should check that out. Everyone should go check that out. Okay, we will put that on the uh, list of things to. Uh, check out because I've not been watching anything. So um, if you caught the lobby <laughs> bar, I have spent the last uh, three weeks or so in Europe. So not a lot of time to be watching movies. You know, it was all sightseeing and cocktail drinking. So I uh, did a lot of that. You can go uh, check in for, you know, the best summer cocktail of them all, the Aperol Spritz. We talked about that in the lobby bar. So I had, you know, several of those and several other good drinks while we were gone. But yeah, now it is time to get back to settle into summer and, you know, get back out to the theater because there is a lot of good stuff coming out. And uh, we're in the heat of it right now, like we said, with Jurassic World Dominion. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. So why don't we take a quick break? We will be right back to mix up this week's cocktail. This week's cocktail comes from the Really Are You Serious blog. And it takes its namesake from one of the stars of the Jurassic Park flat franchise, the Velociraptor. And we picked uh, this because 
last time we did a Jurassic Park film, we um, we did the Birds of Paradise uh, mm-hmm. from the bar that is actually at Universal Studios, uh, Isla New Bar. And we were there uh, just a few weeks ago, maybe, gosh, now it's probably a month ago. And it yep. was amazing. And we had one of those at the actual bar. We will post a picture of it. Um, it was really tasty. This is very different. Um, and uh, and 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 we'll talk about whether or not it was very tasty. <laughs> uh, that, that's right. We absolutely will. Um, yeah. So last time, like you mentioned, we uh, talked about uh, kind of that Isla Nubar. It was a rum tiki drink. And this one um, is just a little bit more of a simple drink. It's almost kind of like a um, a Long Island iced tea, but we're going to have to, uh, let's throw this thing together and then we'll talk about it a little bit, um, you know, and put this together. And the picture from the, uh, that website, the Really Are You Serious blog, it, it looks really pretty. It's kind of this uh, layered thing. It's green. It's this bright green color. Um, and it has like a kind of this like brownish like float on the top. So uh, let's put this thing together for everyone, Michaela. So you're going to take one ounce of vodka, a half an ounce of rum, half ounce of Midori, and a half ounce of blue curacao in your shaker tin. Go ahead and shake that up with some ice uh, to combine it. And then you're going to strain that out into, uh, I don't know, some sort of like oval kind of drinking glass. We use like a, like a bigger like rocks glass. Uh, fill that up with ice, strain this in there. Um, and then you're going to top that with two ounces of club soda and then float some lemon flavored iced tea. We used uh, Arizona, which was what they recommended in the article to use. Um, you kind of float that on top. You can pour it over a spoon if you want some help kind of getting it to separate into the layers. But um, and then you, and then you get this, this drink. It's this bright green. It has a little bit of the brown on top. I will say when we made ours, it didn't really separate that well, I didn't think. Yeah. No, it, it just kind of turned it all one color. And we tried this multiple times, so I don't know. Um, at first we thought maybe we needed a different glass. Maybe we needed more or less ice. We tried it Mm -hmm. a bunch of times. And for us, we just couldn't get it to look, um, the way it's represented on the blog. It's really beautiful looking in the blog and ours looks okay. It's just not layered. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, talk a little bit about the, the way that this tasted. So we, so we put this together, um, and you'd expect it to be kind of, kind of tropically tasting. You have the rum, you have the Midori there, that watermelon flavor. You have the blue curacao, which is orange. Uh, I don't, I don't know something. I, I don't know if it was my taste buds or what, but this, I didn't get a lot of those flavors out of this. I could mostly just kind of taste that tea on top, hanging out there. Um, you could, you could tell that there was some alcohol in it. Um, like I said, I, you know, kind of compared this to, uh, like a long Island iced tea. Cause you know, you just have that amalgamation of the, uh, of the liquors there. And then like the tea or the, the Coca-Cola, I think the article actually even mentions that you could use a, a Coca-Cola in there, but, um, I don't know, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad by any means, but it, it wasn't like a, a flavor profile that I'm dying to go back and revisit. But what did you think about it, Michaela? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. It wasn't bad, but far from great. Um, it, it, I, as we were putting it together, I was like, this is going to have a lot of alcohol in it, but it didn't taste super boozy, um, mm-hmm. versus, and, but not, you likened it to a Long Island iced tea, which is true. Um, except at least with a Long Island iced tea, after you've had one, you know, you've had one, even if it doesn't taste like all this liquor, this one, it just didn't really taste like anything. I didn't get the melon uh, for the Midori. I was actually a little concerned that it was going to be too sweet because I'm not a Midori fan, but because there's only half an ounce of it, it just gives it the color. Um, there wasn't a lot of orange in it because there's only half an ounce of blue curacao. Um, I think there's probably too much club soda, too much iced tea. I didn't even really taste the iced tea. 
um, which is good because I don't like iced tea. <laughs> so, so a win for me there. I mean, I thought this was okay, but to me, this is just kind of a fun drink to make for someone that wants a cocktail. And as long if, you know, they're not going to be disappointed by it, but I don't think mm-hmm. this is going to knock anyone out from a flavor standpoint, it tastes fine. And if I was having a party where I didn't really care about <laughs> all the ingredients and mixing it up, because you could definitely do this party style um, mm-hmm. and it would be fun and colorful, but it's not going to be, you know, a knockout cocktail for, you know, the cocktail version of foodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's fine. It just wasn't amazing. Yeah, you could probably you could probably if you replaced a club soda maybe with some like Sprite or Seven Up and turned it into a little bit more of a long drink, maybe that would be a good way to go with it. But yeah, I don't know. We'll have to uh, maybe revisit it or play around with it a little bit. But now that we have these made, Michaela, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, you will we'll hatch out these Velociraptors, and we'll be right back to uh, chat about this week's film, Jurassic World Dominion. Spoiler warning for Jurassic World Dominion: If you've not yet seen this epic end to this epic franchise of movies, you should stop now. You could go make yourself a Velociraptor cocktail, uh, add some extra iced tea maybe, and come back and we can chat about this. That's right. Absolutely. And you may uh, have had a chance to go out and see it because it's uh, done pretty well at the box office. But if not, that's okay because it did just come out. It was released on June the 10th, 2022. It was directed by Colin Trevorrow, uh, who also directed the the first installments of the Jurassic World um, uh, set there. And he wrote, I believe, all three of the uh, Jurassic World films. Uh, so he was the director. And then this stars, of course, the Jurassic World crew, uh, Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and the Jurassic Park crew, uh, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum. Got, you know, it's like a greatest hits of of Jurassic Park stars uh, back together for this last one. And this was based off of uh, characters and locations, all that stuff, but based off the book Jurassic Park by Michael Creighton uh, from 1990, which um, if you know anything about me, uh, my third favorite film of all time is Jurassic Park. And my first favorite book of all time is Jurassic Park. So uh, that's that's pretty good. And if you want to hear more about Jurassic Park, uh, d- go do that. It's episode 24. You can go hear uh, us talk about Jurassic Park and make a bird of paradise, which we got from the Isla Nubar uh, at Universal Studios. Uh, and we had one of those just a couple of weeks ago. So definitely go go check that one out. You can get the bookends of the Jurassic Park story, I guess. That's right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this this one just came out, Michaela. This uh, We were pr- both pretty hyped to go see this one, if I can recall. Yeah, we were. Uh, this just goes to show how amazing um, preview makers, they don't make enough money. They're an unappreciated group, I think, uh, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of how um, how hard it is to make a, a, a bad movie look good how and how hard it is to make a good movie look good right like but mm-hmm, i remember mm-hmm. looking at the previews i think we were together because we were seeing spider-man or something and i cried watching the previews to this i've been so excited i forgot i knew they were making obviously another one and they mm-hmm. were probably bringing all these characters back but um the way they put it together was so cool in the previews i was so excited so yeah we've been we've been waiting for this one a long time <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We even we even had to put it off because I was on on vacation out of the country. I I was very tempted to go see it uh, while uh, while I was over in in Europe, but I uh, but I held off. And then uh, you and uh, me and your husband went out to see it uh, just last night as of recording. So you're getting our our thoughts on this as fresh as they could be, uh, just about. So let's uh, get into the story. 
uh, a little bit. So he kind of kind of starts out and they're basically breaking the news. If you've been following along with the Jurassic Park story uh, so far, they've uh, tried and failed to have these uh, Jurassic Park theme parks a couple of times. And now basically the uh, dinosaurs have kind of overrun these parks and they are part of our world now. It's just something that you're going to have to deal with is just having dinosaurs running around in traffic and uh, hanging out at the beach and uh, getting into your uh, chicken coops and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's what happens when you have a theme park, it goes amok and all the animals get out and, you know, they're giant, like uh brachiosauruses. What are you, what are you going to do with them? They just, they live here now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it looks dangerous though, you know, like, you know, being a fisherman, you were worried about giant, you know, uh, jaws, you were worried about jaws. Now mm-hmm, you're worried mm-hmm. about, you know, something that's like the size of a megalodon or something. I mean, and it, and it's eating all the fish. Um, but that's not all that's going on. There's some very strange stuff happening uh, on farmland in the Midwest where everybody's, you know, that's where all the crops or a lot of crops that feed some of America goes. And mm-hmm. they, uh, there's this really amazing scene that opens up where these kids are feeding their chickens and this mass of something uh, starts to rise up out of the field and kind of attack them. And they don't really know what it is. They look like ginormous grasshoppers. Um, we at first think it's, it's maybe some small uh, dinosaurs. And this is just like a, a, a telling of, of another example of dinosaurs kind of ruining the world but um it's not it's these weird giant looking grasshopper things and the kids they're all okay but they're scared to death and it's real it's real creepy looking because these things come out of this you know uh field like uh, that as if nothing was there and then they come out mm-hmm, and it's almost mm-hmm. like the birds it's very hitchcock-esque yes. <laughs> this part this scene where there, there's nothing and then all of a sudden there's a billion things and they're enormous and they have wings and they're running after you it's very that's right. And they're basically like blacking out the sun because the swarm of these things is so big. Uh, and it turns out these big grasshopper looking things are none are none other than uh, like prehistoric, two foot long sized. Uh, what, what are they called? I'm totally drawing a blank on, on what they're called. Locusts. That's right. They are locusts, uh, you know, uh, which we have problems with locusts on our own. But, you know, they're just regular sized locusts. These are like, you know, like football sized uh, prehistoric locusts. And they are tearing up this yeah. field. They are tearing up all this, all the fields, uh, except for spoiler warning. They're not tearing up the fields that the uh, the big uh crop manufacturer biosyn is uh producing so uh so that's that's you know that's got you uh, scratching your head there thinking that something is a foul um and there's some other things that are going to foul too there is this big black market now for uh dinosaurs and dinosaur eggs and dinosaur meat people are uh capturing these dinosaurs illegally uh you know poaching them stuff like that so you get kind of these two two folds of the story so you get the jurassic world duo uh they're kind of they're kind of dealing more in this black market with the uh, dinosaurs going on and then the uh jurassic park team uh you know led by laura dern who plays dr ellie sadler uh she gets tasked with kind of trying to figure out what these what these locusts are up to because she's an anthropologist i think if i if i recall yep. uh, correctly her scientific title um and she's going to do some research trying to trying to get to the bottom of this so so you have kind of the, kind of the two teams kind of separate at start and they're going to to come to a head later but yeah we got to deal with these locusts and we got to deal black market you can't be stealing dinosaurs little baby can't be stealing dinosaurs. triceratops super cute oh, and little, little animal pens got to got to get it on there 
not 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 cool guys not cool um so yeah so yeah we got chris pratt and bryce dallas howard um they're a couple now i guess they're established as a couple it's been four years since the Mm -hmm, second mm -hmm. uh the second jurassic world film came out and in those four years if you'll remember uh you you should really watch those if you want to understand what's going on in this one um this is not a standalone movie we should we should preface that perhaps um Mm -hmm. but they um have a have a person uh who's about 14 she's a dot she's she's kind of being like that they're raising her as if they're her, her parents but she was a clone of a scientist that um whose father was john hammond's partner in creating the original Jurassic Park. So she died and this is her clone. And that's what we know Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And because she's a full clone, um, of course, you know, Chris Pratt and and Bryce Dallas Howard, those characters are very concerned that she will be sought after and hunted just like the dinosaurs are. So they live in this very secluded cabin. We think it's in California. I could be wrong. That's just what the car labels say, but they're in <laughs> that's some- the, the power of deduction right there. That's, that's right. The... Um, but it's very beautiful, but it's very secluded. They they don't let her leave the house. They, it's It's not like she's kept prisoner, but they tell her, don't go into town. Don't let people see you. You know, because as soon as somebody sees you, you're you're going to get noticed, and they will come get you. And you know, they'll do. They, we, there's no telling what the scientific community will do to try and understand your the cloning of a human, because we've never done that before, right? We've mm-hmm, just cloned mm-hmm. dinosaurs, and so they're very worried about her. Well, there's <clears throat> this group of individuals uh, that are kind of looking and, and watching, and they're part of that underworld of. Coaching yeah, they're like yeah, like black market like smugglers of, yeah. of dinosaurs and you know things yeah. like that. And Chris Pratt, his character goes in and he's uh goes into town to get groceries or something, and he gets noticed by one of these guys, and they end up coming back, uh tracking him down to this cabin in the middle of nowhere. And they um they were at first looking for the Velociraptor called Blue because the Velociraptor was a very special breed that they wanted. And they, they definitely want this particular one because she's incredibly intelligent. Um, and she's, I want to say she's a character. She's an animal character from the last two films. Mm-hmm. She has a very special relationship with Chris Pratt and she's kind of hanging out uh, around the cabin. And so at first they try to capture her, but they end up capturing Blue's little baby dinosaur, um, mm-hmm. who they have affectionately named beta, beta. yeah mm-hmm. like the fish like the fish and so they, so they take this little bit i mean and she's kind of she he uh, they they're very cute this mm-hmm. baby dinosaur um also terrifying and they go ahead and they kidnap the dinosaur but they also see that the the cloned girl is there and so they go ahead and, and take her as well. And so, of course, the two parent parental characters, they are terrified. And Bryce Dallas Howard is like, we've got to find her. We've got to go after her. And so um, that's what they do. Yeah, that's right. So so they are kidnapped and they are off on their adventure. And then we check in with uh, Ellie Sattler, uh, Dr. Alan Grant. Uh, they're getting together Ellie Sattler has been in contact with uh, Ian Malcolm, 
uh, you know, the world famous chaotician. He is working uh, for this biosync company. Um, I never really got a good feel of what he was doing, other than uh, just doing some some classes. He was just kind of he was kind of like a he was kind of like a, a scientific like figurehead for this thing, I guess, just to lend him some credibility. But but he'd been in contact with uh, Dr. Sattler and said, you know, some shady stuff's going on uh, with these locusts here. Uh, you better come in. I can get you in because because we're old friends. Uh, you can come in, tour the facility. Uh, but Dr. Sattler knows you can't go anywhere without Dr. Grant. You got to get you got to get the whole team back together. So she goes to his dig site. She says, come with me. We're going to uh, to the Dolomite Mountains, which are in Italy. Uh, and that's where all of these animals are being uh, held. And that's where Biosyn has set up this kind of uh, nature preserve, I guess, for all of the all of the world's dinosaurs, I guess, uh in some way we're just we're living with the dinosaurs but they're also trying to to kind of kind of get ones that have been mistreated and things and take them to this kind of sanctuary place but the jurassic park team is on their way to biosyn to see if they can get to the bottom of this uh shady dealings with these uh little locusts we got going on yeah can we talk a little bit about the scene where they dr sattler and dr grant see each other um because it's one of my favorite parts um in the original right? They're together and they separate um, over a course of period of time. And the movie is a little bit different than the book, but the movie leads you to believe that the movie franchise leads you to believe that it's because she really wants kids and he's really not into that. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of respect for each other, but um, but now it's been like 30 years. So um, they come, they, you know, they kind of meet up again. You can tell that there's still a lot of respect. They're friendly. Um, he asks about her children and she's had two and she's very happy, you know, with that, but she's no longer married to their father. So that's kind of cool. Dr. Grant seems pretty happy about that. Um, but he, um, they have this really great exchange and it just shows to me the, the depth of character that Laura Dern and Sam Neill were able to create in mm-hmm. the first film together. Cause they're not seen together really much until the third film and then not even that much together. So yep. <clears throat> it was really cool to be able to see this again because they're going through and looking at his dig site and it's so, it looks very similar to what you saw in the very first film. And the I first thought one. that was yeah. really great. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool seeing them get back together. And then um, obviously when they get to the Biosyn headquarters and they're, and they meet up with uh, Malcolm, you who of course played by Jeff Goldblum. Uh, it's really pretty great. Um, one of the things that I really liked is you could tell that the three of them were just having like a super good time being in this movie. They didn't have any of the baggage for the way people felt about Jurassic World. They were just coming in like at the tail end of this thing, being like, we can reprise these characters and just have a good time with it. You know, we don't we don't really care. Um, you know, just just having fun. So so mm-hmm. that's that was pretty cool. That was one of the one of the big things that I liked. So so they're off to to Biosyn to find out these locusts. You've got uh, Owen and Claire, uh, they need to go find their kidnapped daughters. So they're going, they find out that there's this big black market ring in Malta, uh, which is a little island um, off of Italy. So they get there. Um, it, it's like breathtakingly gorgeous the way that they like film the city and stuff. It's all like old and like sandstone and uh, beaches and kind of kind of like arid deserty uh, kind of thing. Um, they get to the black market. They, they kind of put two and two together what's going on. And they have this amazing like chase scene through this market and through the streets of Malta, uh, which is, which is pretty fun. This big, huge, long set piece. I, it had to have lasted like 25 minutes, this uh, chase around with the dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of, a lot of action. Um, 
and some of it feels felt a little contrived um but all in all it was a pretty good ride kind of figuring out you know all of the action the action sequence of being chased by dinosaurs but also um trying to get in and get the dna because mm-hmm. they need to get uh well so the jurassic park crew so the three <laughs> the three scientists they're trying to get actual dna from this ginormous locust that has been genetically engineered um and they have to go down and get that and uh, get the DNA to be able to prove that it's been genetically engineered to hurt all of these other crops, but not the biosyn crops. And the reason why a person would want to do that, other than being completely evil and horrible, is to gain control of the food chain. Because, uh, and if the world doesn't know this, you should look it up. Um, if we don't have crops, then we're all going to die because <laughs> there's nothing to feed the animals that we eat and there's nothing to feed ourselves. And so, of course, Dr. Lewis Dodson, um, <clears throat> he is the one who's created this whole Biosyn company, and he's, he just wants the control to be able to um, either, I don't know, make money. Hey, he wants to further and push the envelope in, in regards to genetically modifying things. And if you remember, if you're a huge uh, uh, fan, you would know that he came, he was a bad guy in the very first uh, Jurassic Park movie. Mm-hmm. So there is a scene where he goes and is meeting a, uh, I think Dennis Nedry, um, and he's like, "Don't use my name." And he's like, "We've got Dodson here. We've got Dodson here." And it's the same guy. Um, mm-hmm. Back then, he was trying to get Dennis to steal a bunch of prototypes and kind of vials of DNA of all of these different dinosaurs in an Ar- Barbasol can of shaving mm-hmm. cream. If anybody remembers that, so this is the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he yes. did not get killed because he let Dennis die for him, uh, being eaten in the giant um, Jurassic Park truck thing, um, and that was awful and horrible. So he he lived to tell another uh, tell another tale and do some more evil things, and so now he's this big CEO of Biosyn, and basically um, really bad dude. He is basically a really bad dude, and <laughs> and yeah, and that's that's kind of the kind of the crux of the story here is that he's uh, kind of set up this big uh, scientific thing, yeah, to basically control the the food supply for the world, and and you have the uh, the trio there from Jurassic Park are are there. They they break in, uh, you know. Ian uh, gets Doctor Sattler his little bracelet that can get you you know basically clearance into any any of the any of the rooms they need to go to. They meet up with. Uh, he was like the he was like the media person or uh, marketing person. I don't remember what his his title was, but a uh, gentleman by the name of Ramsey Cole, who's played uh, really well, I thought by Mamadou Athi. Um, I thought uh, did a really good job. He was kind of like a like a man on the inside kind of thing, and he was uh, giving them all of the all of the tips that they needed to uh, to get around to go you know get their sample of these locusts. And when they when they get down there and they find these locusts, they get their blood sample, all that stuff. They stumble upon this girl that's been missing. Uh, this little clone girl, uh, Maisie Lockwood, uh, who I thought also was really well acted by Isabella Sermon. Um, so they meet up with her, um, and they're trying to get now out of this place, trying to get out of Biosyn, out of the Dolomite Mountains. Yeah, that's where all the dinosaurs are. That's where all these terrible scientist people are. Uh, we need to get out of there. Yep. Yeah, and they, they do a really good job of showing kind of the different... I don't know, the architecture of this space was very different. So there are these trains that kind of take you through tunnels and things. Um, 
you know, the, the, the team, the parents, um, of, of Maisie are trying to fly to this place. Um, mm -hmm. I also want to give a huge shout out to, uh, one of the characters, um, who's brand new to this group. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Dewanda, Caleb, yeah, Dewanda by, played by Kayla Watts. She's yeah, amazing. Was, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen her before and I'm looking her up now. Um, I don't think I have, but she's great and she's going to do even more great things. Um, because mm -hmm. she was brilliant. Um, but she's helping them because she can fly a plane. And so that she, the, the plane ends up crashing. There's this really amazing scene where it crashes on this uh, side of this very snowy cliff. Um, they go ahead and have um, Claire kind of exit <laughs> because she's, she's the one with the parachute. Um, but Owen and her are kind of walking across this icy area where there's a, there's a dinosaur that has feathers, which is super cool. Um, because mm -hmm, dinosaurs mm -hmm. actually had feathers back then. Um, and it's kind of a, a land sea dinosaur. So it can swim in the freezing cold water and it can also traverse over land and, and try and get them that way. And that, that was a really cool scene. It was uh, fairly terrifying. I thought when the uh, dinosaur <laughs> just, just jumps down through the hole in the ice and you see it swimming underneath of them. Uh, I thought that was pretty scary. And actually I thought that a lot of the interactions with the dinosaur were very much like horror movie uh kind of kind of themed like it, it was less like action adventure and more uh you know kind of those same vibes you get from like uh like alien and things like that where it's more yeah. where it's more of like a like a horror genre kind of a thing these interactions with the dinosaurs yeah I, that's what i want to say i want to talk a little bit more about kind of the way in which they depict the dinosaurs first of all they've evolved so uh, some of the dinosaurs that you see now, again, they have feathers, they're more hairy. Um, mm -hmm. As we have learned more in the last 30 years about the dinosaurs, um, they've really tried to update their depictions of them, which I thought was really great, but also the way they, in which they interact. There's a couple of scenes that are just truly just, um, you know, there's a scene where someone's climbing a ladder and the dinosaur is trying to bite the ladder. That's very actiony, right? But for the most part, like there's this one scene where Claire is in the jungle and she's crawling on her belly to try and get away from uh, a, a dinosaur that's, you know, literally like right behind her. And it's a huge dinosaur. And she kind of sinks into this water, hoping that he's not going to like just bite her in half and kill her. Nope. And it's really terrifying. It's very good. That was one of my favorite, favorite scenes. It was amazing. And some, some of the CG in this was, was a little hit or miss, I thought. But that part was incredible because this dinosaur, it's like it's got like these Freddy Krueger fingers on it. <laughs> and it kind of and it kind of straddles this pond and you can see it just pushing like the mud like down. And it puts these uh, like claws down into the mud uh, and it looked fantastic. She was hiding under the water there. Um, uh, so that was really cool. But then but then obviously I uh, get the Jurassic World team. Uh, they meet back up the Jurassic Park team. Uh, they all kind of come together and, you know, and then it's just, you know, kind of like any of the other Jurassic Park uh, movies. It's just how, how do we get out of here? Right. So it's outrunning the dinosaurs and, and trying to figure, figure that out. You get kind of a good kind of, kind of little scene, little throwback to the original Jurassic Park where they're trying to, instead of trying to turn the power uh, back onto the park, they're trying to turn the power off to the park so they can get enough power to turn on this like aerial defense kind of a thing, uh, which is kind of funny because then you get um, you get Claire and you get uh, uh, Ellie, you know, going together, um, you know, 
uh, Claire grabs like an axe. She's just going like like ham on these uh, locust things, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and and they they eventually uh, yeah, obviously they they make it out. And uh, probably the most satisfying part is uh, you know Dodgson, who you know had worked with Dennis Nedry way back in the first one to get the embryos out of there. And Dennis Nedry meets his uh, fate by that uh, spitting dinosaur, the Dilophosaurus. Uh, Dodgson's going to meet his fate uh, very similarly, uh, very gruesomely. So uh, that was that was pretty satisfying. But yeah, of course, at the, at the end of the day, they make it off. But the uh, you know kind of kind of the crux of the story now is that is the dinosaurs are here. They had meddled with science, and we're just going to have to learn to get along with them. Yeah. So one of the things about Dodson in this this uh, show, there were a couple scenes that either either they didn't work or they really showed kind of his mental state. Because as pe- more people around him are coming against him and letting him know that what he's doing wrong, he at first he wants to uh, you know destroy all the evidence. So he goes and he s- tries to set set all these locusts on fire um, so that none of them can get you know can can it can never be pinned on him. Um, but of course, life will find a way. So the locusts get out uh, and break free from the the room that they're in, and they're on fire. They're two feet long, and they've got wings. So they leave, and they set the entire forest that's around this bunker on fire. So now there's a giant forest fire. All of the animals are freaked out. Uh, all of the dinosaurs are angry and worried. And these poor dinosaurs, you know, they, they were extinct 60 million years ago by something, we don't know what. They were extinct by that big island in the second movie. Now they're they're meeting a forest fire. I feel really bad for them. This is not their fault, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah. ask for any of this. Um, but we see a bunch of dinosaurs kind of come together at the end um, in kind of an epic battle. So you see a gigantosaurus, which... I guess is the biggest uh, carnivore the world has ever known. That's what Dr. Grant mm-hmm. calls it. I I yep. don't know if it's a gigantosaurus because it it was something else and they genetically <laughs> modified it. But anything named a gigantosaurus, with the, I mean that sounds pretty big. <laughs> that, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's kind of threatening this group. But then, of course, our favorite Tyrannosaurus Rex comes to the rescue, and then there's a the that Therizonaurus, the one with the the Edward mm, Scissorhands mm-hmm. kind of yeah. Freddy Krueger fingers. Um, they kind of team up against the Gigantosaurus, and you get to see this battle occur, um, very similar to the the ones at the end um, that we've seen in a, in a couple of these, and. Uh, you know, they, they end up getting away because the amazing um, Dewanda wise is <laughs> yeah, she, she, yeah, she Kayla knew. Watts, they get the, they get the helicopter and, uh, <laughs> and fly him out of there. So yeah, she knew she's like, yeah, we gotta get, we gotta go time to go. Um, yeah. yeah it, um, she knew enough to make sure the plane was somewhere away from all of this stuff so yeah. that it wouldn't get burned to the ground or eaten by dinosaurs. Good on exactly. you. Exactly. 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 So yeah, I mean, it just, it just kind of sets up the story in a way that you get kind of the like, like we keep mentioning them, you know, the Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World and, uh, you know, the Jurassic Park characters, it, it basically just, you know, kind of works them in and together. Um, and I, I will say kind of looking back at the movie, that is one of the things that I thought that they did 
pretty well. Um, it seemed like um, they gave uh, kind of Owen and Claire kind of the first third of the movie, and then they gave uh, you know Dr. Siler, Dr. Grant, um, Ian Malcolm kind of the like the second third of the movie, and then they brought them together. I was really worried, like even after seeing the like the preview and stuff, that they were going to you know here's you know here's you know. Lord and Sam Neill and uh, Jeff Goldblum back, but you know, really, they're just gonna kind of kind of be there in like a scene, and then you know, it'll, it'll be these others. But I thought that they did a pretty good job of kind of telling the story and in, in a way that they could, you know, give all of them like an appropriate amount of screen time. I guess like it mm-hmm. seemed like they were all fairly well utilized. You know, whether you know, kind of what you thought about the the story, um, you know, beside the point. But I thought that they they did a good job of you know making sure that all of those characters uh, felt important to the story they were trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a really good mix um, because I, I love the original cast as well as the new cast. Um, And they, they both kind of had different, I like that they both had different missions. So they weren't all kind of doing the same thing. One was really a Mm -hmm. rescue mission for Maisie Lockwood. um, And then, you know, the original crew was like, Hey, we're facing world, uh, you know, dominion. We've got, we've got real biological issues that are going to happen. We've got to help that um and so they both were good you know characters but they weren't fighting the exact same battle the entire time mm-hmm. and i do like again I, I thought that they got along well together um i really like the scene where dr sattler is trying to explain to Maisie about what we now know is Maisie's mom spoiler alert um so Maisie's mom it, it's her mom because uh the clone she cloned herself and that's how she had a baby and then she died and so Maisie wasn't born in a lab somewhere she was born as a inside a person and all of that and so that really seems to help Maisie feel better about who she is even though she's a clone she was Mm -hmm. going to be loved her mother died you know unexpectedly and you know, her mom really wanted her and she was not just this thing that was genetically engineered in a lab somewhere. Um, but I love the interaction between her and Dr. Um, Sattler because Dr. Sattler was very um, just, I mean, Laura Dern's just amazing. So the way she explains like, hey, I knew your mom and I knew she really wanted you, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, it gives Maisie a, a much better uh, sense of self and identity. And that's really great. And of course, I love that, you know, Dr. Sattler and Dr. Um, Grant end up kind of getting together at the end. Yeah. That makes me real happy. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Yeah. They, uh, they go, they're like, I guess getting ready to testify at Congress or something. And then, uh, you know, Dr. Sattler's off somewhere and um, she asks, you know, Alan, if he's, you know, going to go back to his dig site and he said he wasn't ever going anywhere without her again, which I thought was, was pretty cool, but, but that's it. I, some of, like I said, some of the CG didn't look super great. I, it's kind of an over reliance on it. Um, but some of it looked absolutely breathtaking. So they're in like the, the Dolomite mountains and there's, there's a part when the forest goes on fire, they send out like this signal, I guess that can, you know, basically ping the animals to come into the central location. And it just shows them going kind of the forest is on fire. It's like, you know, it has like the moonlight going and you just see all of the animals like going like out through like the river and uh, the lakes and stuff. And that looked absolutely incredible. Um, there's, 
uh, it probably probably the most like like touching like visually um it, it, not really a spoiler it's just kind of the way that the film wraps up but it um you know they make a they make a big point throughout this film to say that you know you know we did a we did a couple of theme parks and now the dinosaurs are just here to live with us now you're gonna have to do it deal with it so it shows like a bunch of these like nature scenes um mm-hmm. of the dinosaurs like running with the horses or swimming with the whales and uh flying with the birds um uh so that was really like spectacular looking and and a lot of it looked really really great but yeah it's, it was it was a little rough around the edges some of the stuff some of the stuff like in that malta market i thought some of it looked better than others um but yeah overall i, I thought that it looked good and i thought that the that the story was serviceable enough um like i mentioned uh, jurassic park is my favorite book of all time so uh therefore you can deduce that i've read a lot of michael Crichton's books um and a lot of it is science run amok and i think that if you would have kept writing jurassic park books he eventually would have gotten to something that was very similar to this it felt very michael Crichton-esque to me mm-hmm. and the story that was that was told whether you liked kind of kind of the direction they went with the locusts or or not, I've seen a lot of people online kind of, you know, complaining about that, but that it felt like a very, very much a Michael Crichton story uh, to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting take on it. I, I liked it. It's a fun ride. I wouldn't consider this to be a great movie. It was, it's certainly not the best of the six, right? It's, it's not Jurassic Park. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Brian, but I do not. Mm-hmm. I think the original is is still my favorite out of all of yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you have something like Jurassic Park that's kind of like genre defining, like bigger than than all of cinema. I mean, it's it's hard to to replicate that, and it's hard to wrap up big like universe stories like this. Like it's it's nearly impossible to wrap it up in any sort of satisfying way. So you have to have to take it with a grain of salt. And obviously you can't compare it to the original Jurassic Park, which was, you know, groundbreaking uh, achievement in cinema and filmmaking and, you know, this uh, Steven Spielberg classic of of all time. So you can't really, you know, it's apples and oranges when you're looking at them, at them the two. And, and for me, I, I thought that it did a, a pretty good job, like I said, of wrapping it up. Like I said, it it felt very much like a continuation of the story that Michael Crichton might have might have told. But yeah. yeah, I mean, as as far as as the movie goes, it was it was okay. It was a lot of fun. I thought um, I'll probably watch it. Uh, you know, uh, timer again every once in a while, or maybe I'll do the the trilogy every once in a while just to to see how I feel about it. You know, kind of kind of piece them all together because it has been quite a while since the last one had come out. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was kind of it's kind of reminiscent. It was interesting because we picked a cocktail for the first movie that I thought was one of my favorite cocktails of 2021. I thought it was really mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. Um, and really different, really special. This cocktail we tried to pick uh, as representative, and I feel like it's kind of the same as the movie, right? Good movie. It had some great moments. You know, the cocktail we picked has some really cool ingredients. The idea was really cool. Um, it didn't, it didn't completely come together the way that we maybe thought it should or wanted it to when we were making it. And I feel kind of like that about the movie. Um, there were certain things that I really did like, and, and then there were a couple of things that didn't quite work. Um, there were, there were a couple of parts that were a little, to me, a little too actiony, but, um, mm-hmm. but overall it was a really fun ride. I, I think it's worth people's time. Yeah, I think if you're a fan of this franchise, I think it's it's definitely worthwhile to to check out. And I think that the the acting was all really good. I thought that the writing was good, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It just felt a little 
don't, I don't know. I could have, I could have stood for some more, more emotion maybe out of it, out of the, out of the cast of characters. I don't, I don't know. Something, something, something was, was amiss, but I still enjoyed it and I thought it was a good time. So definitely go check it out or, um, you know, let us know if you've seen it, let us know what you think about it or let us know what you think about uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, kind of as the franchise as a whole. Uh, let us know. Let us know if you make a Velociraptor cocktail, uh, what you think about it or if you think of a good way to tweak it. Maybe we can uh, talk about that on a future lobby bar or something like that. We'll have to have to revisit those uh, those ingredients at some time. But if you do make one, take pictures, let us know. You can tag us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies and on Facebook.com slash Drink the Movies. If you want to see pictures of ours, episode recap, uh, all that good stuff or find the the cocktail from the original uh, Jurassic Park film that we did you can find that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com and you know if you are going to go have battles with dinosaurs uh, that's all all well and good but what you should do before you are heading off to the Dolomite Mountains is you should stop by your favorite podcast player and leave us a review Michaela where can they do that you can find us on Apple Podcasts Spotify anywhere where anchor podcasts are distributed we're even on Stitcher now, so check us out there. Um, we'd really love it if you uh, subscribed because we do two drops a week. We wouldn't want you to miss any of our amazing Drink the Movies fun and cocktails. And if you really love us, please tell all your friends. We love building the community that we're building. Um, we've been to a lot of different countries. A lot of people from a lot of different places are starting to listen to us, and we're so excited. Um, we really welcome that. We really want you to enjoy this with your friends and your family, anybody who loves cocktails and movies together. It's a match made in heaven. So please leave us a five-star review. That would be really awesome. That's right. Absolutely. So with that in mind, Michaela, we can put Jurassic Park to bed, like I said, for now, because nothing has ever really gone. Uh, I'm sure that these dinosaurs will be back in some capacity at some time. But, you know, I think I think we've had our fill of velociraptors, uh, both in drink form and in movie form for the time being. So why don't we why don't we put this one to bed and we'll be back to talk to everyone next time on Drink, drink the, the Movies. movies.